welcome. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Katie. Today is our very first episode of, well, it's not our first episode of Not Another History Podcast, but this week we're doing something a little bit different. We are offering a, a, a history, a bite of history, a history tidbit. An amuse-bouche of and, history, if you will. That's what I was going to say next. Yes. A, <laughs> an amuse-bouche? An amuse-bouche. Uh, it's French. It means like to, to um, amuse the, the mouth, literally. Yeah. It's, it's what I call Oreos that I eat right before dinner. So we want to amuse your mouths <laughs> this week. More your ears. More your ears. Oh, we're going to amuse your ears. That's better. Um, with a little um, a little uh, tidbit about something that happened this week in history. Mm-hmm. It's to tide you over between our longer episodes because I know our, our listeners just cannot get enough of you and I whispering sweet historical nothings into their ears. Sweet historical nothings. Nothing. I feel like I'm recording ASMR. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so for this week in history, Katie, I have prepared an amuse-bouche for your ears. Awesome. <laughs> What's it about? I can't wait. Well, Katie, you're going to have to come a little bit closer. What is it? Come a little bit closer. Okay. A little bit. No, that's too much. Back away. I'm gonna oh, all right. right. Okay. 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 Listen, my children, and you shall hear of the midnight ride of Paul Revere. On the 18th of April in 75, hardly a man is now alive who remembers that famous day and year. Does that ring a bell, Katie? A little bit, a little bit. You might have heard this back in your middle school days. Those Mm -hmm. are the opening lines to the famous poem by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow about Paul Revere's famous ride 246 years ago this week. Dang. From April 18th through the 19th of 1775. So I don't know if you know this, but Longfellow actually wrote that poem about Paul Revere in 1860. And his intention was to use Revere's ride as a way to warn the American Union that it was in danger of disintegrating, which was true. Um, but Longfellow kind of chose to simplify and kind of rearrange some parts of the story um, to create a better and more effective poem. So I thought this week, in honor of Paul Revere's 246th anniversary of his ride, I would give you some facts about Paul Revere and his ride that night. Hit me with them. So Katie, did you know that Paul Revere was actually a very talented copper plate engraver? I did not know about the engravement. Mm. No. He made illustrations for books and magazines, menus, apparently. Um, And a lot of his engravings were used as political propaganda. Here's another fun fact about Paul Revere. He was also known for his skills using wire dentures. Or he was, he used, he wired dentures made out of (laughs) walrus ivory and other animal teeth. Into his patients' mouths. <laughs> so, um, Paul Revere accidentally became the first person to practice forensic dentistry in the United States. Because wait, 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 wait. hold on. Accidentally, accidentally, first person to practice. Well, not cosmetic dentistry. You said 
forensic dentistry? How does one become a forensic dentist? So in 1776, uh, after I think it was the Battle of Bunker Hill, I want to say, he ended up identifying the body of one of his friends by the, the false teeth he had wired into his mouth. Oh my gosh. I'm just, I'm just picturing like giant walrus tusks <laughs> sticking out of this guy's body. He's like, yep. Yeah, that's Phil. Yeah, that's, that's Phil. Phil. I, I put those teeth in myself. <laughs> I mean, this is impressive, right? To be sure by 1776 standards. But yes. yeah, if you make teeth out of uh, walruses, I mean, it's not like it's hard to identify, <laughs> but who am I to judge? <laughs> Revere also founded a spy ring. It was a Patriot intelligence network known as the Mechanics, and they basically spied on the British. Mm -hmm. Um, He also, prior to the American Revolution, he had been a member of the Sons of Liberty. So he was very politically active. Okay. So now let's cut to 246 years ago this week, the evening of April 18th, 1775. Paul Revere was informed by Dr. Joseph Warren that British regular troops were preparing that evening to march most likely to Concord, Massachusetts, to capture and destroy military stores there. Revere was also informed by his own spy network uh, Mm -hmm. that troops planned to stop stop in Lexington to arrest Samuel Adams and John Hancock. Oh, no, we can't have that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. This tel- intelligence actually turned out to be incorrect. But nonetheless, Dr. Warren begged Revere to stop in Lexington and warn Adams and Hancock that the British troops were coming for them. So They're coming for you. Revere mm-hmm. has his top secret friend whose name has never been revealed yet, although we have some guesses who it might be. But he contacts. Oh, who, who do you think it is? Uh, it's some it guy is. whose name I don't actually remember. I mean, oh. I've read it. <laughs> Like his name might have been Samuel, and that's about it. <laughs> that, that, that's that's a pretty good guess. It's it's one of six different biblical names, is what I was going to exactly, guess. Exactly, exactly. Um, so Revere contacted this top secret friend and said, mm-hmm. "Here's what I need you to do. I need you to go up to the Christ Church, now known as the Old North Church, and mm-hmm. I need you to hang two lanterns, which tells my spy network that the British plan to leave Boston by sea." As opposed to hanging uh, one single lantern, which would have meant that the troops were going to march uh, entirely by land. Mm -hmm. But did you also know, Katie, that Revere was not alone in his mission to warn Hancock and Adams? I did not. He's always depicted as like on his own, just barreling through the countryside, screaming out like, watch out, the British are coming. I know, right? Yeah. But mm-hmm. believe it or not, there were actually two other men with him named William Dawes and Samuel Prescott. Um, oh, they not don't get only... any of the, they don't get any of the street cred. I know. And you know, I'm famous for that. Probably that's because Paul Revere was already well known for being active in politics um, oh. and in, you know, uh, creating propaganda and things like that. And so that's why mm-hmm. he probably uh, became the more famous of the three. Um, mm-hmm. But these two other guys rode alongside him. And by the end of the night, as many as 40 men were on horseback spreading the word across Suffolk County. Mm. So it wasn't just Paul Revere on his own. But that's that's kind of bulky for like a title, you know, the ride of Paul Revere and 40 other random dudes. <laughs> right. And then, yeah, you have all the guys, and me too. <laughs> <laughs> I was there. <laughs> so unlike the poem 
uh, implies, Revere actually mm-hmm. never reached Concord. Um, instead, what happened was the three riders were overta- overtaken by the British, and they all kind of scattered and had to head mm-hmm. in different directions. Uh, Revere was actually detained temporarily by the British. Um, Dawes fell off his horse and got lost. <laughs> Hopefully they found him. <laughs> Uh, I never heard anything else about him. And then Prescott was the one left. Um, he was left with the task of notifying the residents of Concord. Oh. So Paul Revere gets detained by the British, gets kind of held up. So he ends up arriving in Lexington a little after midnight. So apparently when he arrived at the house where Adams and Hancock were staying, um, he comes like riding over on his horse, like the regulars are coming. Like I have to see Hancock and Adams. And there was a sentry on duty who apparently turned to Revere. I was like, you need to shut up. It's dark. People have gone to bed. Be quiet. Zip and Revere, uh, Revere uh, allegedly cried in response, noise. You'll have noise enough before long. <laughs> And the century, Come at me, bro. Come at me, bro. <laughs> the century still apparently gave him a hard time and was like, you need to go home. <laughs> and John Hancock was inside the house, heard mm-hmm. all the fuss, and recognized Revere's voice and was like, oh, it's just you, Revere. We know who you are. We're not afraid of you. You can come on in. I would know that insane yelling anywhere. <laughs> so finally, Revere gets to deliver his news. Um so Revere ends up staying with Adams and Hancock to help them get ready to flee. Um, he gets them out the door. So Revere is left behind um, with Hancock's secretary. And they're there just kind of helping to pack up a few more papers and things um, that that Hancock had to leave behind. And as they are packing up these papers, the British troops march onto Lexington Green. <gasps> Revere reported that he could hear the gunshots and see the smoke from the musket fire, but he sadly did not see who shot first as there was a building in his way. (laughs) (laughs) I hate when that happens. You miss a major historical event because ye old smithies in the way. I I relate to Paul Revere so much because I feel like all the amazing things happen after I leave or like, you know... (laughs) Somebody's in my way and I just miss it. People are like, oh my gosh, did you see that? So anyway, of course, this march on Lexington Green uh, marks the start of the Revolutionary War. Yes, yes. So here's a few more fun facts about Paul Revere. Four years after his famous ride, Revere served as commander of land artillery in the Penobscot Expedition of 1779. Now, I am from New England. But I'm still not sure if I pronounce that correctly. Penobscot. I think that's right. Anyway. The- I think you're right, Penobscot. I'm sure we're going to have some very angry Mainers right in. <laughs> right. Like, that's not how you say it. So basically, Revere was in charge of this huge force of men. He had lots of ships and guns. And yet, he still failed to take a small British fort in Maine. 
the Penobscot expedition during the American Revolution was actually known as the worst disaster in naval history up until Pearl Harbor. That's oh how bad God. it is. <laughs> that's, that's a horrible repu- or a horrible uh, legacy to have. Yeah, to say the least. So obviously Revere's reputation was damaged by this. On September 6, 1779, he was placed under house arrest. He was charged with unsoldier-like behavior and cowardice. Um, He was actually court-martialed and dismissed from the militia. And even though he was acquitted in 1782, his reputation remained tarnished. Aw, don't they know who he is? Don't you know know who who I am? Exactly. (laughs) I want to speak to your manager. (laughs) So after the American Revolution, Paul Revere actually opened a hardware store. You might have heard of it, Revere Depot. Oh, really? Anybody? No. No. (laughs) You had me going. I was like, I think I have a coupon there. Uh, 20% off this weekend only. No, I don't know what it was called. (laughs) But he did provide materials for the USS Constitution, which played an important role in the War of 1812. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He also produced more than 900 church bells, one of which still rings every Sunday in Boston's King Chapel. Um, oh. You know what they say, Katie. Every time a bell what? rings, what? Oh, they... I, no, someone in Paul Revere's uh, descendants gets a kickback. Yes, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they say if they say anything, but <laughs> they should say something. They should. They should. Yeah. <laughs> so, Katie, here is my all-time favorite fact about Paul Revere's ride. Wait, it gets it gets better than than everything you just shared. Yes. What's, what's the best? This part? is my favorite fact. Did you know? Paul Revere never actually shouted, the British are coming. Why not? How, how are they going to know who's coming? Well, because here's the thing, right? Uh, Paul Revere was a spy. Oh, yeah, yeah. True. And so, um, you don't, as a spy, you don't generally going around like yelling your intel. Uh, I'm the world's greatest spy. Everyone look at me. <laughs> yeah, the, this mission was meant to be conducted a little bit more discreetly than mm, that yeah, yeah um since there were a lot of british troops kind of hiding out in the massachusetts countryside mm-hmm. um also we can't forget that during this time in colonial america um colonial americans still thought of themselves as british so yeah. it would be mm-hmm. like running through nebraska yelling the americans are coming it's like dude we're already here exactly look around so most likely paul revere told the other rebels uh, he, that he he most likely yelled to the other rebels, the regulars are coming! To which the British, of course, responded, regular? Screw you, buddy. We are extra AF. <laughs> and that is the story. The amambouche, asmashbouche. <laughs> Amousbouche. Asmousbouche. For your ears. We'll get there. We'll Paul get there. Re- <laughs> about Paul Revere's ride 246 years ago this week. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to tune in next week when we return to another full-length episode of Not Another History Podcast. We will be joined by a special guest in honor of the Queen's birthday, so don't miss it. Also, don't forget, if we have made some horrible error in our retelling of history, um, or if you just have a story from history that you would love to share with us, be sure to send us an email at notanotherhistory@gmail.com. at gmail.com. 
or you can always slide into our DMs at Not Another History Podcast on Instagram. <laughs>